Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by you. That's right, we're on Patreon now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For as little as $5 a month, you can help our show and get all kinds of great extra content on top of that. We've got a ton of great bonus content waiting for you right now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy, hoy, everybody. Welcome to Talking Simpsons, recorded live on an unusually warm February 14th. <laughs> I'm your host, Bob Mackey, who's not interested in brunch at all. And this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Hmm, something. Henry Gilbert. And who else? Uh, didn't feel like writing anything, Chris Antista. There's a reason. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because today's episode is what I feel is the worst Simpsons show ever, another Simpsons clip show. All you have to do is think about your most cherished memories. <laughs> And they sure did. And today's episode aired on September 25th, 1994. And as always, Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, Bobby, I'll make love to you because Time really? Cop debuts in theaters. Boys to Men rule the music charts with two. And the music biz is a change-in with R.E.M.'s Monster debuting alongside Rolling Stone's Visa credit cards. And the quick and uncomplicated trial of O.J. Simpson is ready to start. Awesome. Oh, Turn on Core TV, Core TV for that one. <laughs> that uh, Monster album was everywhere. It was so heavily promoted. The Boys to Men one? Uh, no, well, that I, was too. But I the, believe. I mean, REM's monster. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, I think REM made the most, has the most lucrative record contract in history because they had mm. moved over to Warner Brothers at that point and then re-upped, and then after that, the music industry shit the bed entirely. <laughs> and and, and the, the REM after this was not mm. the REM before as popular as the REM before this. I, I, I want to talk about Boyz uh, II Men real quick though. Oh Please. man, yeah. Uh, because I was in middle school at this point. I recall going to a lot of Catholic middle school dances. And they would play "I'll Make Love to You," and even as a twelve-year-old, I was like, "Is this appropriate?" <laughs> yes, they were. They were such catchy slow jams that they were able to cross over from R and B charts into pop. And by crossover, I mean white people listen to it. Yeah. Uh, but it was. It was on all the radio. I heard it all the time. I bought the album. It was, it was I loved obnoxious. it. And, and like boys to men, ABC. I love that shit. Uh, I love. I, I love that shit. Yeah, ABD. Another Motown band. Field. I love that stuff. The slow jams and. It was just so everywhere for so long. Mm-hmm. I grew to hate it so well, much. I'm I, not ready to like it again. I'll make love to you is the perfect like R and B. It, it is of the, of the R and B genre of like I will give you oral sex. For a long <laughs> I never time. knew what their name meant. Yeah, yeah. That they are boys becoming men. No, yes. that there there are two kids and two grown oh. men in the fucking band. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. By the time I knew about them, I think the kids had grown up. I was younger than them. To men, I couldn't tell. I remember on the I Love the '90s shows, they when they got to the boys to men, this mm-hmm. album. Uh, the actress who played Lisa on Family Matters had this great observation of like how that song was everywhere, and she would 
hearing at weddings, I'll make love to you. And she's like, we're in church. Come on. Like. Yeah, kids didn't need to hear it. But I want to say that, okay, so this is my estimation that this is the worst Simpsons episode ever. And I'm Absolutely. Sorry, I'm sorry we have to punish you with this, but we Dude. have to be complete and thorough with every episode. And this is an episode. And we, I believe we noticed our lowest performing episode Last time was, what, a Simpsons clip show? To date, our least yeah. downloaded non-interview episode was It's Come to This, a Simpsons clip show, which I think is because... It's for two pe- reasons, because the nerds know what it means, yes. yeah. or you don't know what it means, and it seems like, well, I'm not going to listen to that If you're one. a new listener, why would you download that one? Yeah. Because it seems that we're giving you a clip show. We're which not. in that one and in this one, we are not giving you it's a clip show. It's very unfair. I, as Homer would say, I'm putting my whole ass into this. this it's worth listening half-ass. to, I agree. Yes. So I had some Twitter adventures because I was watching this where I usually do research and I was like, wow, this is the worst episode ever. And I I tweeted that out. It's so bad. People don't remember which clip show it is. They're like, oh, I hate that one. It's the one where they're all singing. It's like, no, that's all singing, all dancing. Oh, I hate that one. That's where the Homer's in a coma. No, that's so it's come to this. They thought it was Gumpros. No one remembers this episode. And our friend Bill Oakley actually tweeted at me and he's like, oh, was that the one written by the great Pennywise? Yes. Yes. And I said, yes, it's his worst episode by far. And Bill Oakley thought I was making fun of John Vitti. He was like, well, to be fair, he wrote it. He wrote under duress and, you know, we didn't want to do it. I was like, no, no, no. I was making a joke. Yes, I was like, pretending Pennywise was real. I love John Vitti. Yeah, Penny, you should talk to us. I, I did reach out to John Vitti. He he was oh, – yeah. he, he said that his uh, – the at the time, maybe I could convince him again, but he said at the time he felt the commentaries said all he needed to say on it. He didn't want to say more stuff, which I get that. And but... he does swim in an Olympic-sized swimming pool full of money, thanks yeah. to the Chipmunk movies. <laughs> Chipmunk movies, Ice Age movies. He wrote the Angry Birds movies. He's he's doing quite well. Yes, and uh, he uh, he left the show, but he was forced uh, by contract yes. to write these, which is why he is credited as Pennywise. Mm-hmm. But David Silverman still, in big scare quotes, directed this episode. Yes, by name. In the next episode the 138th episode spectacular the next clip show he is pound foolish yes so as in (laughs) the saying is penny wise but pound foolish in that you're saving money in a way that will cost you money later which making a cheap ass clip show just because it's another episode you can syndicate damages your property in the long run and hurts it which honestly syndicated why why would they keep doing this because another episode is another episode licensing fee so literally on a spreadsheet they're like if we make another one of these but cheaper as a clip show we will make two million dollars or whatever on it so the math is there for straight profit if you do a clip show and this these clip shows happened when the 90s was the death of the clip show like people the 80s were full of them Mm -hmm. and they were just the cheapest bullshit ever and i knew i knew that ugly feeling as a kid watching tv all the time to realize from the first minute in Oh, this is a clip show. Oh no, they're uh, trapped in a thing, I, or someone I, has a scrapbook. Seinfeld yeah. has a good one. Yeah, but it's but it, it is an assemblage of like it's robot chicken gag style. It's just yeah. it's, it's machine gun fire uh, best of moments. But this one I think is so weird because because of the structure they try and pull out of it in the third episode, which mm-hmm. I feel like is pretty insulting because this is like there are still shows debuting that you need to go up against. Right. Yes. right. And why would so why would you do this so at the early? start of the season? So, but but and this is this is their most like cynical one too it It really is it reads exactly like family guy i do want to tell my theory before we start getting into the episode my theory is this uh season six was always going to have this clip show in it and i my theory is it was going to be closer to valentine's day it's a love themed clip show yeah but the north ridge earthquake destroyed the beginning Uh. of season six so episode one is a holdover from season five episode two is another holdover from season five next week nothing Mm. next week it's this clip show 
so person they could get out the door. Yeah. They needed September needed episodes. Yeah, so. and there's some really bad new animation in this. Uh, yeah, I mean they make the joke 33% new footage in the Itchy and mm-hmm. Scratchy movie episode. This has maybe like 15% new footage at, at best, best. Yeah, at best. Yeah. Well, as they tell them on the commentaries, this was forced on them by Fox. That Fox even proposed four clip shows a season to them a season to them and so when they did the april fool's clip show that was a john vitti they all are technically john vitti and and david silverman because that's the deal that they're forcing on them but when they did the april fool's one they had shame about it and they Mm -hmm. gave you a full act of original animation before they got cheap on this one this really didn't give a shit on this one and just Mm -hmm. dumped this one out clear and and i think they felt such intense shame that when the next time they had to do it, Oakley Weinstein went above and beyond to the extreme with 138th episode that's, spectacular. That's one yeah. of my favorite episodes. So I, I'm not anti-clip show. No, that one was great because mm-hmm. they, they cared about it. But this mm-hmm. one, so with the last clip show, what I did was I went and I wrote down how many clips there were total or clip packages. There were mm-hmm. 17. For this one, I couldn't because almost everything is a clip. Even yeah. the framing device. So there are two framing devices, them on the couch and them around the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. 90% of that footage is from other seasons. They, are clips and, it's not just memories right and david merkin intentionally tried to make it as jarring as possible so we'll jump what? from season to season within shots sometimes they're eating food sometimes they're not because that was his fuck you to that yeah he's just, just like, like you want a clip show i'll show you how bad this can be mm-hmm. and their hatred of this episode is evident in the commentary which they do like us they do every episode of commentary but yeah. this one they completely reject even commenting on it and they just explain for 22 minutes the process of creating an episode of The Simpsons from beginning to end. It's very informative. informative, But you will learn nothing about the making of this episode because Merkin, Graining, Silverman would all (laughs) pretend it didn't happen either. And I don't want to, I don't mean to insult Family Guy by saying this is very Family Guy, but Family Guy is making deliberate jokes to serve cutaways that are outlandish and don't fit into plots. Right. Mm -hmm. This feels terrible because they're making absurd excuses to make cutaways that just go back to regular clips of the show a twitter person told me this is sort of like a simpsons digest where it's like we'll give you a (laughs) bite-sized version of these stories except for bart's story where you see one scene you get one scene so stupid and i also was extra angry watching this because i forgot they flash back to an episode that was three episodes ago the at the very least what clip shows offered in a pre-digital era was your ability to watch old reruns that you couldn't otherwise when they show you lady bouvier's lover you just saw that. Yeah, it's true. And like with the last episode, the Simpsons sort of have to be omniscient to know every detail of the story they're telling. But in this episode, it's even more exacerbated, that yeah. issue, where it's like, yes. Homer shouldn't know this scene happened, or Marge shouldn't know this scene happened. She was not there for it. I mean, or... there was a joke cutaway to like Marge explaining Jacques, like, Marge, you remember an astounding amount of details. You <laughs> told me every single one. The closest thing to good jokes in this episode is when they comment on things, when they're making kind of MST3K comments on the episode. Of of saying like, well, that plot doesn't make sense, or yeah. I don't know why I did that, or commenting on the lack of jackets on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you get some good stuff there, but they you get about two, no, one minute of new animation at the start of the episode, and here here is Marge setting it up. This romance is so full of heartfelt passion, I can really identify with this corn-fed heroine. Homer, mm-hmm. are you awake? This is important. Give me some sign you're awake. Uh. Wake up! Hey, what's wrong? House run away? Dog's on fire? Homie, do you think that the romance has gone out of our lives? Uh. Wake up! 
What? Marge, it's 3 a.m. and I worked all day. It's 9.30 p.m. and you spent your whole Saturday drinking beer in Maggie's kiddie pool. And then we have our first and clip. <laughs> boom, which is wow. a new kid on the block from season four. Yeah, Homer uh, fishing a hot dog out from his crotch area yeah. in the swimming pool. That, I remember watching it as a kid and being like, oh, no. <laughs> Just seeing that clip, I was like, oh, no. Because we didn't know the titles of the episodes. Yeah, and I, I didn't. There was no way, like, unlike television now, there was no way to see the title of this episode. Yeah, so I mean, you don't know it's a clip show, and I don't really know what I'm watching in the beginning. Unless you had a very accurate TV guy that would actually list yeah. the titles. I mean, most of us didn't or weren't looking at that. Yes, uh, and Marge was reading the Fifty Shades of Gray of the early nineties. Oh, come on! It was, but was... it was not Twilight fan fiction made into a legitimate uh, book. I mean, it was a popular romance right, right. novel with women that was every. Everybody was reading and sold a million millions of right. copies. That's that's it. Yes, it's hard to compare it to uh, to Twilight fan fiction turned into Turn legit, quote unquote, legit in quotes. Yes, but and you can eventually got us to see Meryl Streep naked. Yeah, Clint hey. Eastwood starred in and directed the yeah. film of it. And, Did we say the name of it? Uh, it is Bridges the Bridges of Madison. of Madison County. And if you'd like to know the plot, actually, this. This stand-up on Dr. Katz is what I always think of a Bridges of Madison County, and this bit explains the plot. You know, they say men aren't supposed to cry. Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw Bridges of Madison County, and, you know, they fell in love, and everything was good. And then they realized they shouldn't shouldn't be together, and they break up, and then the real husband comes back. And he's waiting behind Clint Eastwood in the truck, and it's raining because everything bad happens in the rain. And... The light turns green, but Clint doesn't move. And the guy's like, boo-boo, today, boo-boo, today, you know. And um, the husband says, what's he waiting for? He's waiting for her. Hey, you want <laughs> want a tissue? Can I have a minute, please? That's great. Yes. And that is the plot. It is. And the TV show Duckman would do a beat-for-beat parody of oh this movie gosh. and I think, the second or third Holy season. Shit, that is yep. right, yes. In the in the film, Meryl Streep's family, she is a mother with children, mm-hmm. and her husband isn't even bad. It's just she has a fun fling while they're out of town with a National Geographic photographer. Mm-hmm. Who is, uh, unfortunately, Clint Eastwood. Making yeah. it a lot. Of, I can't imagine <laughs> ladies rubbing one out to... Hey, he was very hair. handsome. Was he? To, remember, in that, remember that ad? Oh, at 95, maybe not, but yeah. maybe women in their mid 40s still saw him <laughs> as attractive. Even after almost making out with an orangutan? <laughs> he should. Must be a beautiful woman. <laughs> I, I wonder if that was just him kind of pulling the, like, I'm the director and the star. Oh, he directed it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In the mid 90s, it was pretty rare for Clint Eastwood to appear in anything he didn't direct. So yeah, Bridges in Madison County has inspired Marge to be interested in love while Homer does not give a crap about the book. Homer, young people learn about love from adults, and we've been setting a terrible example for our children and the community in general. I want us to deal with the issues raised by this book. Hmm. I know we shouldn't have put a fireplace in the bedroom. Which would never exist again. Every joke in this episode is not canonical, by the way. Yeah, is the fireplace... With the book going, does that reuse animation? That as well? is from Dog of Death. It's wow. not though. The oh, cover is the Bridges of Madison County. Okay, maybe they pulled the scene and like just put a new cover in. But I think they did because yeah. it was. It is the exact same shot as when he throws the lottery into mm-hmm. the into the fireplace. Or maybe the adding of the cover was a digital effect that they could, could just slip yeah, in there. Could be like an early digital effect. Well, because he also yeah, it, but it was absolutely the same animation. Yeah, yeah. So they, it was reused, and they. I'd also like to point out having a fireplace in their bedroom makes the Simpsons home 
worth a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. That, that and it makes sense because the, the chimney is on the bedroom side. I know. Oh, yeah, wow. Sure. That is true. Uh, so I need then, that Lego model to find out. So then we cut to some very jarring season one oh, animation. Boy, oh, boy. Um, the footage of the kids watching Inchy and Scratchy is from Krusty Gets Busted. Right. But the film they're watching, Flaming to the Moon, is from Homer the Heretic. And the characters' designs just change on a dime. Like, yeah. sometimes they'll have the little lines behind their mouths, sometimes they won't. It drives you crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and then Lisa explains what a clip show is. <laughs> How many times can you laugh at that cat getting hit by the moon? It's a new episode. <laughs> Not exactly. They pieced it together from old shows, and it seems new to the trusting eyes of impressionable youth. Really? Ren and Stimpy do it all the time. Yes, they do. And when was the last time you heard anyone talk about Ren and Stimpy? Damn. Ma- Marge, come on now. Ren and Stimpy was doing just fine. It was only in the first season, actually, that they would reuse the little Bullwinkle-esque shorts. Mm-hmm. Because that was their compromise with John Chris Felucci, the creator. They're like, it takes you so long to make cartoons. We will let you shuffle around these shorts and reuse them. Yeah. Like Log and things like that. Powder the Toast Man. Stupid. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I remember, because I don't think, were they not going to release... Big House Blues? What's the, um, the intro? There were because also, yeah. Because the, the Ren and Stimpy didn't do a clip show, mm. but they did, like, the, the they opening. They just shuffled things The opening together. was the pilot, and I remember, like, months later, after there was no new episode, they used half of one regular episode and put in the pilot. Uh, yeah, right? it was and, like Fire Dogs yeah. with, with Big House Blues. So I, it, it has, like, you know, Ren and Stimpy sadly has, like, season one, episode A and B, because there's, yes. like, the same shit in some episodes, but no clips. Well, because really, Spumco only produced, I think, six episodes of actual episodes. If, right, if anything, no. you can criticize Ren and Stimpy for never reusing animation. By this time, uh, John K. had been fired for two years. Uh, games yeah. animation had taken over. Mm-hmm. Ren and Stimpy would end in 96, but uh, these are the years I really like. I mean, the original ones are great, but I still was hanging on to Ren and Stimpy. The, Marge needs to take those words yes, back right now. Bob Camp is my hero. The games animation years were doing good. Like, in January that year was I what I think of as my favorite games animation episode, which is uh, Stimpy's cartoon show. Oh, Oh, okay, yeah. I actually have a drawing of that by the great Bob Camp. Yeah, the, yes. the inserting of Walt of Cobb. Cobb Walter Cobb. Walter Cobb's one of my favorite late, well, not late, but post-Spumco recurring characters. Yeah. Like, the Lummox is funny, and the cheap Irishman played by uh, Scrooge McDuck is funny. Oh, a Scotsman. The Haggis Scotsman, McHaggis. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, Haggis we're going on a Stimpy tangent, but it's so fine. There's nothing we else to talk time about. Some here. But uh, I love Wilbur Cobb, the old man in Ren and Stimpy, because it was like the grandpa jokes on The Simpsons exaggerated like parts of his body could fall off oh every yeah. scene something <laughs> fell off his body when he cleans his glasses and rips his nose, nose off, off yeah <laughs> his ear slides down his face yes and then they just are like he's been in jail the entire <laughs> time like you'll be where i am half the scene takes place with them inside of his pants uh, so please look up stimpy's cartoon show maybe yes. we'll do a ren and stimpy for talking cartoons whenever that show will be yeah. called if we unlock it yeah pledge right there on patreon.com slash talking we're getting there then bart cuts away to the fluffy bunny scene which I would think that would be burned in Bart's memory, and that is the fluffy bunny from Bart's friend falls in love, which is the only real stuff you get of that love story. Yes, and as always, I love throbbing biological <laughs> urges. Uh, and then somehow Marge remembers Smithers' fantasy about burns from Marge gets a job. Exactly. The Simpsons yeah. are omniscient now. They are yeah. gods in their own world who can see into <laughs> other characters' brains and see scenes they weren't present for. It's amazing. And they'll be... A clip that is reused in ep- in one thirty eight as well. So it's That's just true. it's a double clipped clip. They and love that clip. It's an amazing clip, but it doesn't work as a thing Marge can remember. And I at least like as far as quality goes in the episode, 
they at least front load it with a couple of montages. Mm-hmm. So first we get the Mo montage. Out of nowhere. Mo's tapping. Hello, is Al there? Al? Yeah, Al. Last name, Kaholic. Let me check. Phone call for Al. Alcoholic. Uh, Jock Strap. Is IP Freely here? Hey, is there a butts here? See more butts? Uh, homosexual? My crotch? Uh, Amanda Hugging Kiss? Uh, huge ass? Ivana Tinkle? I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt. That will be printed on my tombstone. <laughs> I That also breaks a rule of mine that I hate yeah. in clip shows where they pretend a memory from a Halloween episode works when it's like, uh, no, yeah. Treehouse of Horror is not canonical like I remember it. At best, you can say this was a dream Bart had and he remembers that dream. <laughs> yeah. But they still, it is a great closer, but I just hate that it's there. I mean, the so, reason Mo said that is because Bart had magic mind powers, and Mo had to say it. Yes, and then the, I love the, that clip though. I feel like it was worth it. Yeah, but except that you like Mo undergoes several dozen die jobs. Yeah, and throughout. his voice changes a lot. Yeah, and just I, I, we were watching the Simpsons movie for uh, the commentary. I think it's on your Patreon now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just. I never read Mo as an old person, but he now his his model is like just you are gray haired, gray haired, yeah. And it that that was such a gradual change in this clip. It further emphasized that, yeah. that it bounced back and forth. Mo's going gray. How did they introduce the Bart calling Mo as part of a? I was clip just package? saying, like, remember? Don't you remember happy things you've loved? Oh, okay. And then Bart remembers that. Man, what a bad setup. <laughs> I think they do both of these because from one of the best parts of the April Fools' clips was the dough montage. They could at least yeah. put together a montage of similar things. It's it's what Duckman did really well on its clip show, which was a, was a way better clip show in that that was literal torture to Duckman. They're like, That's right. if we're uh, doing a clip show, it is torture. And so... It's a real clockwork orange situation. Then there's another montage of mmms. No, ask your heart what its fondest desire is. Hmm. Chocolate. Mm. Invisible cola. Mm. Forbidden donut. Sacrilicious. Mm. No. Mm. Free goo. Mm. Something. (laughs) Now, as far as I can tell, that was original animation. Mm. Mm. Something had never been... Before, if you go to the uh, the Simpsons Wikia, which God help you if you go to Wikia, but <laughs> that was the best list of sourcing every, and I mean every clip in this episode. Right. Mm, something they say is completely original. Oh, and they're so, trying to fool you, I guess? I guess so. Or it was a deleted scene, perhaps, that wasn't in the deleted scene set for last season. Maybe but they're showing just how easy that joke is. He could say anything and it's funny. That felt like the writer saying, like, these mm jokes suck. Yeah. And then <laughs> he could have him just say mm something. I, but I it's a great closer to the montage. I only take issue with the sacrilegious because there's a mm. setup to that that doesn't work in clip yeah. form. Yeah, I mean, we don't know why it's sacrilegious. Well, in mm, this. now it's if you're watching this for the first time, like, why is Homer talking about snouts? It's mostly snouts and entrails. Oh, you're That's right, it's yeah. It's, it's when Homer is sad that the dog's eating better than he is because they're eating <laughs> oh, was chub. That, was that the uh, dog of death? That is another That's dog right. of death okay. one. They get a lot of dog of death out of this. The Simpsons will be right back.
Hi there, podcast listeners. Thanks so much for listening. And hey, we're sorry it's a clip show, but I think we're still having fun, right? And you know, this is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Yes, we wouldn't be able to do a podcast about every episode of The Simpsons, and that includes clip shows, without your support right there. $5 a month gets you so many things on there, not just early access a week early to every episode of the show and they're ad free but you also get every episode of talking critic which is exclusively available there and tons of other extras like our season five wrap-up and special interviews we did one before with paul provenzano which i think was really great and now we have a brand new one on there what that's right it's an interview with reed harrison an accomplished television writer who has worked on multiple episodes of the simpsons as well as related simpsons products he is the man who wrote the episode the springfield files aka the x-files crossover and he wrote the season 19 episode papa don't leech which brought back lurleen lumpkin onto the show not to mention that but he also worked on the lost season of the critic what's that well you'll learn all about it from our conversation with reed harrison and that interview is right up there on patreon.com slash talking simpsons and again five dollars a month supports us and helps us keep going strong so we thank you very much for all your support Hey, this is Jerry Cooney, professional boxer and official greeter of Mr. Burns Casino. Welcome to Mr. Burns Casino. If there's anything I can do to make your visit more enjoyable, please, just let me know. Yeah, great. See you. You're listening to the guys on Talking Simpsons. Hey, is that bug off? Also wanted to let all of you know that Talking Simpsons now has its own t-shirt. That's right. We have a special new t-shirt out there and you can find it on shirtsickle.com or you can put in the address tiny.cc slash talking shirt. Yes, that'll take you directly to the page. It is a really cool design inspired by the High on Springfield logo and it is a beautiful sky blue. I really love it. The art was done by our great friend of the show, Nina Matsumoto, who also did the awesome art for the Patreon page. And you can get this t-shirt just by going to shirtsickle.com finding it on there. Popsicle, shirtsickle, that's how it's spelled. Or you can go to tiny.cc slash talking shirt and that will take you directly to the page i already bought mine Lastly, this week's podcast is brought to you by audibletrial.com slash talking simpsons. And you can get yourself a free audiobook of your choice just for signing up and starting the trial. If you're a big comedy nerd like me, I know multiple books I could direct you to, but the one I'm going to pick is Hollywood Said No, the abandoned screenplays of the Mr. Show movies. If you're a fan of Mr. Show, it's an amazing book just to get, but they go way overboard with the production of it. Basically, the guys behind Mr. Show and the almost everyone who was in the cast comes back together to create audio plays of two of the film scripts that they never were able to produce. And it's all right there on Audible. And you can get it for free by signing up for a trial of Audible at audibletrial.com slash Talking Simpsons. Check it out. Music 
You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. I went to uh, Las Vegas for the weekend for a bachelor ah, party. That's why you couldn't Vegas, watch Spider-Man. Baby. I think yeah. we had the better weekend. We were staying a place where, like, oh, yeah, there's just always beer. So it was a fun trip. Like, the place we stayed at was fucking amazing. Like, rented an Airbnb of this dude who... It was what? a five-bedroom, five-bathroom Holy God. house. Wow. With, outside, there was a, a giant pool with a water slide and a fucking grotto in water the back. Water slide? Wow. Love water uh, slides. But the, the problem is... We were probably, like, a mile from the Strip. If we wanted to get food, like, we had to order it. And, the, like, the thing I love about Vegas is yeah. you eat shittily, too. Buffets. Like, we ordered shit from, like, Safeway. Oh, that's awful. And more than half of the stuff we ordered, they were like, ah, oh, we didn't have it, so we just... Here's your order. There's crackers and cheese. There, there's no bacon in this order. There's no, like... So, just have eggs. <laughs> no, we were eating fun. extremely shittily, like... Homer making a meal for himself, mm-hmm. kind of like... Some moon waffles are being passed around. No, cloves, cloves and fucking... And, jo- and Tom Collins mix. mix. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go get your mother. Uh, uh, so I, like, I looked into it because apparently that's what cruise ship dining yeah. is too. It's just one like prolonged it, yeah, buffet. Yeah, that fucking uh, oh, yeah. failed oh, music festival. Fire music <laughs> festival. That's what we were eating. Oh, shit. But I shat in five different bathrooms, which is nice. nice. I made that my mission. Wow. I'm like, look, Correct. I'm going to find did. every bathroom here and Atta shit boy. in it. <laughs> Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. So the next part is basically a recap of life on the fast lane. This is when it gets yeah. worse. Well, oh, wait, I didn't want to play this clip real quick. This is Lisa describing the death oh, of romance. It's the one good line from this episode. Yeah. I guess that's line I of the mean, show. romance, not love. Mom, romance is dead. It was acquired in a hostile takeover by Hallmark and Disney, homogenized, and sold off piece by piece. That's not true. Romance is all around us. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I mean... I'd almost say if mm, something counts as a new line, I'd give it to that. But, uh, it's an uh, all right line. I. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then when Marge is describing things, too, there's moments too. she's like, she says, no, remember a moment of romance. And then Homer remembers kissing Ned from Homer Loves Flanders. Mm, right. And it would seem to imply that Marge... Whenever someone remembers something, Marge sees it too. So <laughs> well, she's the head vampire, Henry. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> well, one thing I want to point out is, I mean, I think the end of the episode addresses this. It's that Marge reads the book, uh, Bridges of Madison County. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, this book is telling me what a, a good model for love is. Mm-hmm. Let's tell stories about our loves. And it's all horrible stories. Yeah. And two of them involve infidelity. <laughs> yes. And I love Marge's line. If you mentally snip out the part where I had a husband, that's my ideal of romance. So yes. she's saying what I had with Jock was great if Homer wasn't there. Yeah, the so this is when the episode gets its laziest, which is just explaining six classic episodes of The Simpsons to you. So sourcing the clips isn't hard because you just know the episode. Marge saying that she's like she's explaining her planned infidelity for the first time in front of her family is fucked up. Yes, it is. And uh, but seeing this reminded me, Julie and Albert Brooks together are really good, and they should have more scenes. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the MST3K comments. I love the line. Thank goodness I drove down that ironic yes. street. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this is the best line to it. Thank goodness I drove down that ironic street. 
I made the right decision to stay with my homie, and there was no harm done. <laughs> so if you kind of mentally snip out the part where I already had a husband, that's my idea of romance. Marge, I want you to stop seeing this jock. You can let him down gently, but over the next couple of months, I want you to break it off. Uh, okay, Homer. <laughs> Oof, that was a close one, kids. Homer is kind of okay with it as long as it ends eventually. It's like, well, hey, it's like he understands. Look, okay, I understand you've had an affair, but I want you. I want it to end. You know, take care of Jock's feelings, but end this. Homer also doesn't understand the end of the story that Marge didn't have sex with Jock. That that she just lusted in her heart, as Jimmy Carter would say. I would argue she went further than Homer did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In terms of well, well, she didn't kiss Jock. uh, Homer kissed Mindy. Yeah, but there were there were deliberate deceptions and meetups. That's true. Mm -hmm. Marge knew what she was doing. Homer was kind of naive. uh, And he was sad about the inevitability of having to have sex with Mindy because they were both attracted to each other. He told me to. It's so delicious. And so instead of remembering the Lurleen episode, which honestly I'm... He remembers this one, Mindy, instead of Lurleen, which I think the only reason they did that is because that would have involved licensing songs again for this episode airing and they didn't want to spend more money. It's a clip show. you got to make them cheap. Yep. And so, though I wonder if they had... I bet having all these guest star moments... They have to pay the guest stars. They're credited on it, so I oh, think they're right. paying them. I I base this just on a joke on Steven Universe where they don't do a clip show, but they have a flashback to the one time Nicki Minaj voiced a character on the show. <laughs> so they play her voice, and then the character literally says, we don't have to pay her for that, do we? Oh, we do? Eh, fair play. Right. I, I would take that as the truth then. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but anyway, Homer is actually more empathetic than Marge here that he recognizes they are traumatizing their children by telling these stories. Okay, Marge. As long as we're traumatizing the kids, I have a scandalous story of my own. And yes. we get a recap of uh, The Last Temptation of Homer from the mm-hmm. last season. And uh, Homer remembers Burns sending flying monkeys after him, even though yes. he couldn't have been there. <laughs> Somehow he remembers that. That is the... I love that joke so much. Yeah. Continue the research. And uh, then we get... Non-canonical story of what happened to Mindy. After I don't the like episode. how mean they are to Mindy. Yeah. Mindy met well, and she was a nice person. What happened to Mindy? Yes, what did happen to her? <laughs> she hit the bottle pretty hard and lost her job. Good. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Good. Now, but Wait, don't so worry. It's non-canonical. Mindy would appear in multiple background scenes in the Springfield Power Plant in seasons eight and nine, okay. as well as she would be on well, as a Team Homer the episode. She is on the Homewreckers team with Jacques and ever, Princess Cashmere. Jacques, Princess Cashmere, and wasn't Lurleen or was it? Is she uh, ever voiced maybe by Lurleen and Mindy? Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer again? No, no, no. she never talked effect. again. But okay. but she would be mentioned. So don't worry, folks. That did not happen to Mindy. Lurleen would go, she would wake up in a ditch, but... That would happen to Lurleen. Which is very mean. Those are both very mean. Lurleen would return in like a season 20-something episode in in a better position. It's a common trajectory of hee-haw musicians. (laughs) It's like any any character who comes to the show and tries to disrupt Homer and Marge's marriage, they must be punished by the universe. Uh, And Bart's what happened to Mindy scene... That is from the Blowfish episode. Oh, yeah. You can tell by the Telltale catch-up on his tape plate, which is from 
pouring all that ketchup with a fart sound effect on his meatloaf. Yeah, once again, watch the these scenes. food transforms every moment. Exactly. I, I said watch these scenes. Don't watch these scenes. But if yes. you watch these scenes, sometimes they're eating, sometimes they're not eating. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what they're eating changes. Sometimes they're holding food, sometimes they're not. It's so bizarre and just really messes with your mind. Yes. Uh, and then we get to Lisa misremembering the Valentine's Day episode to make it depressing to then completely cut out the third act. Yeah. Does anyone else have a love story? Yes, I do. And just like your love stories, it's tragic and filled with hurt feelings and scars that will never heal. It started appropriately enough with an innocent boy being embarrassed on Valentine's Day. Yeah. The Choo Choo Choose Me episode is is one of the best ever, but it only works if you know the ending or if you see the ending that it just ends with it ends with the classic scene of his heartbreaking in slow motion. Yeah, we don't see the let's be friends scene where they come to terms with each other. Yeah. Well, because the point of this episode is that they all have to be heartbroken until they hear the last story. Yeah. And all we get of Bart's story is one scene with Laura. We yeah. don't even get the whole. We don't even get any context. Like, oh, this woman broke Bart's heart. Yeah, and that it was. Yeah, that God, that it, it broke Bart's heart, and that there's nothing else about Laura. There's none of the Jimbo stuff. Like he could have, if they they wanted to break more hearts, they could talk about how like it was with Jimbo, and Jimbo's awful, but. They only had time for just that one cutscene of being of the heart being ripped out and thrown. It's a cool scene, but I mean, it's well animated. Eating this, <laughs> if, if you're using, if you're wanting scenes of heartbreak, then fine. Uh, and then what has to be the laziest act break to reopen too? Of just like it ends on them all just sad. And reopens in the exact same setup, the exact same scene. It's just, again, like, so lazy. On any other episode, they would have at least changed the animation setup to make it interesting. It's a really bad act break. Uh, And (laughs) then Marge has kind of a joke. Well, as Jerry Lee Lewis would say, there's a whole lot of frowning going on. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, doesn't any love story have a happy ending? Of course. Remember when uh, your aunt Selma got married? (laughs) She really misremembers that one. But how does she, I guess maybe Selma told her later about that scene of the rubbing the feet. Oh, yeah. Like Marge couldn't have been there, of course. Maybe that, I mean, was that that on their wedding tape? Uh, No, that one, that was post-coital. Right, right. uh, (laughs) I think I lost a filling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, one of my fillings popped out. That's how she said it. Yeah, and... Then they just cut to a couple of the quick ones just to shove in a couple extra things. That was from uh, Black Widower. Then they flash back to three episodes ago. Hey, but three. that was uh, that was a whole like four months ago, right? I know the summer was in between uh-huh. it, but still. Yeah, but I forgot really, what like, happened. I was taping them every episode yeah. and rewatching yeah. them. And it was. Ugh. That doesn't seem like a happy ending. That seems more like a detached tale of modern alienation. I give up. Did anybody learn anything about love tonight? They learned it screws everybody up. Well, there's that side of it. Mm-hmm. But there's also... Uh, help me out here, Lisa. Sorry, Mom. I've decided to save my love for someone who is guaranteed not to reject me. 
soon, Corey, soon. <laughs> now, that's definitely a John Vitti touch, the yeah. non-threatening boys magazine. And maybe yeah. the last Corey reference we get. Uh, so first off, they cut out the sound of Grandpa song mm. there again to save money. They yeah. don't have to license that song again or pay the ass cap. different guitar noodling. Yes. I like that Lisa sort of reviews The Graduate there. I'm just saying yeah. Yeah, that's what the plot of The Graduate is. And uh, actually, Bob, this, according to the Wikipedia I, I checked out, this is the final appearance on the show of Corey. Oh. He has never returned. Yeah, the and days of the Corys were long gone. It was yes. definitely yeah. over at that point. I mean, Corey game was go- like, sh- yeah. his movies were straight to Sega CD at that point. <laughs> and yeah, this, this so the last reference to Corey, and even though it's not a cutaway, Non-threatening boys is a reused joke that mm. wasn't a new name to a magazine. It was a magazines that had been read before. That's right. So, kind of a cheat there too. I we haven't had many clips on this one, but I did forget to say Marge's whole lot of frowning going on is a reference to whole lot of shaking going on, which was the other big hit of Jerry Lee Lewis, other than Great Balls of Fire, soon to be a WWE pay per view. It was a WWE <laughs> pay per view and a very uh, very lame theme, oh, but. Boy. Whole lot of shaking going on, I found out, was actually a cover that he had covered an original song by an African-American musician, Big Maybell, who she had a modest hit in 1955 with it before it blew up with Jerry Lee Lewis. Let's hear the original. When one drums on a whole bass horn, and somebody beating on a, a ding-dong. Very different from yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis. It's important to note that Jerry Lee Lewis is from Shelbyville, and he did marry his cousin. So <laughs> write that down, kids. <laughs> I don't know. I at least like uh, somebody hitting on the ding dong. I like that uh, line yeah. there. But uh, ugh, sorry, I got I got to go to something here. That, but yes, that was the end of Corey. I think Yardley Smith didn't like the Corey jokes. That yeah, they, she felt Lisa was too young for that kind of yeah, uh, fixation, an eight-year-old. I don't know eight-year-old girls. I've never raised an eight-year-old girl, so I don't know if it is weird for an eight-year-old girl to have a crush like that yeah. or not. I don't I recall was, my sister getting into that kind of stuff until she was at least 10 or 11. Mm, I, was a little more. I was there for the new kids in the block craze. And mm. That shit was all mm. over the ladies' folders, and yes, I called the eight-year-olds ladies. <laughs> and, <laughs> ladies. And, the, ladies. and then the Jonas Brothers just a decade ago, yeah. too, which in my mind, the Jonas Brothers are recent, but they but they aren't. They aren't, man. Yeah, I last knew Nick Carter as a child. Now he's a haggard 50-year-old man oh in a mugshot. God, that shot of Nick Carter. Yeah. Of, uh, or was that Aaron Carter? Oh, uh, it's Nick. It's okay. Nick? Okay, yeah. Oof, woof, boy. They, things are bad there. The Backstreet Boys are alive and touring with Boys to Men and New Kids on the Block, and my friends are seeing them all over the country together. Oh, wow. But then Homer saves the day by remembering one of their first ever flashbacks. <sighs> Well, kids, I tried, but maybe you're right. Wait a minute, Marge. Love isn't hopeless. Look, maybe I'm no expert on this subject, but there was one time I got it right. So the kids should be extra bored by this because they've been told this story before. <laughs> oh, you're right. By Homer. You're right. There's not even a blackout. Yes, and that... I think it's kind of disturbing that where Homer begins the story, he's telling him, like, your mother was being molested by this guy unwantedly. Yeah, he jumps right to the the third act of that story. Yes, it really yeah. does. Cause it, you introduce, yeah. If you didn't know the story, it's mm. 
a young Homer Simpson with hair whose first line is, All right, I'll walk in the mud. I yeah. love that line delivery. I do. It's still my favorite. All right, all right, I'll walk in the mud. Yeah. But, but I just like a, a new viewer might not even recognize Homer. Oh, yeah. In yeah. The flashback. Or even like, Who is Artie Ziff? Who yeah. is this guy? Why is he voiced by the critic? This and is strange. The town. And then we get <laughs> a like a kiss montage between them. Yeah, which is a pretty lame ass ma- montage. But yes, the. Just to show you how crap this episode is and how little the writers thought of it, the the children are bored by the end of this <laughs> and watch something else. Yes. See, kids? That's what I meant by romance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I like the sound design of them laughing in the other room. Yeah, that's that's uh, that is above and beyond kind of work for the show. If if they just sounded like they were in the same room, would have been the same level of effort. I would not. I would have forgiven that level of low effort. Yeah, and I have to say uh, we're pretty mean on this episode, but we don't blame any of these people. Like yeah, yeah. I've had to do creative work against my will, and oh, I put a, like a like a, a tenth of my ass into it. I at do best. eleven thousand of these podcasts. <laughs> no, at uh, perhaps at the website, I just quit. I put very low effort into some things, and I would really hate it if people did a whole podcast obsessing <laughs> over this thing. I was like, you're not supposed to obsess over it. I was forced to do it by a shitty corporate. And it exists to, because I was made to. So, and, and by it. extension, we're forced to obsess yes. over this episode, yeah. which yeah. we don't we don't blame anybody for. It's it just mm-hmm. it's bizarre because it sticks out like a sore thumb in a mm-hmm. sea of beauty that is yeah. the Simpsons at, at, Renaissance in not, their golden their heyday, years, yeah. in their best years where they're doing their best work that they just completely don't care and don't try, and even the uh, that they reuse so much old animation like venomously so and that's kind of that's the best i can appreciate it of just like if this is extra bad so merkin could tell fox (laughs) fuck you for making me do this then i like i like that he did that it was made with an extra degree of spite which i appreciate and part of i like the spite part of the twitter fun i had was people saying that's not the worst one what about the panda rape one what about the alligator one's like no at least they had new jokes and they tried something (laughs) they were not allowed to do anything but be as cheap (laughs) as possible in this episode and it's so unmemorable no one remembers it and hopefully we didn't traumatize you by making you remember it exists. Homer smelling of panda love is at least an attempt to be funny yeah. with a new joke and new animation. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. <laughs> but I'd be fascinated to know. I mean, is this still in syndication with 600 mm, episodes to choose from? I, I want to say they probably take these clip shows out. Oh, but absolutely. Maybe, maybe not the first one because it yeah. is a new story in a way. I, and I would think 138 oh, should yeah. stay in there. Oh, as yeah, well. for sure. But and all singing, all dancing even is a good uh, it is a good mockery of being made to do a clip show and they make new songs there are new songs in it yeah yeah i think that they joked in the previous clip show commentary that can you imagine a time where there weren't enough simpsons episodes (laughs) so they wanted us to make clip shows just to increase the episode count that's kind of what it's about too and it's it is a gross cynical effort to increase an episode count to have more episodes in syndication and yeah this has to be gone and it's it is even for simpsons obsessives this is a race from your mind after this episode goes out i will this will go 
back under the waves again, and I will <laughs> never remember this episode because it is made to be unmemorable and empty. Even the one sort of good joke is not very good. Not either, even that. So. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yep. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. This has been Talking Simpsons. I've been your host, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. Every Monday, there is a new Retronauts episode, all for you. Every classic gaming topic you can think of. If we haven't gotten to it yet, we will get to it. So just go to Retronauts.com or search for Retronauts in your podcast machine. You will find it. Download an episode about a topic you'll like, and I swear you'll probably like it. Mm -hmm. And if you think we shortchange you this week by giving you a clip show, a not-so-great episode of uh, The Simpsons, we can tell you, if you go to t- uh, Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, we have so much bonus content that will make up for this week. Right, oh, Henry? my goodness. Yes. Uh, you can listen to our Season 5 wrap-up. You can listen to and watch the deleted scenes from Ooh. Season 5. <laughs> you can listen to the first new episodes of Talking Critic. That's right. Uh, we've done community-driven episodes, too. There's a ton of extra stuff on there. So uh, this week's episode, which is about half as long as our normal ones, there is a ton more there. So you will never run out of Talking Simpsons content if you go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. $5 a month gives you access to so much cool stuff and it lets Bob and I do this full time. It pays our rent. It buys our food. That's right. And we appreciate everybody that helps us even if you can only afford $1 a month. That all adds up and we appreciate everybody who is a patron. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Yeah, thanks so much for your support. And Chris. Yeah, also on your Patreon Uh is a full-in commentary for the Simpsons movie. That was so much fun. Which we did in honor of its 10th anniversary, which is part of our show 302010. We look back 30, 20, and 10 years ago to that week in history. Mm. Mostly pop culture, not a lot of news. And it was just, it's bizarre to me that the Simpsons movie is 10 years old. This thing I felt like I waited my whole life to see (laughs) is a decade behind me. Yes, and I know some people... I think I saw a couple comments were like, oh, you should do an actual talking Simpsons movie episode. I was like, I do want to do that. But that episode will be four hour long. <laughs> I four think it'll be long. like two parts. Yeah. We it, could we yeah. kill ourselves doing it all in one recording session. Yes. So wait a decade. Uh, <laughs> wait wait a it. decade and we'll be ready for it then. And in, in uh, what boy a decade from that's, now. That's also on the Laser Time uh, Patreon, Patreon.com slash Laser Time, which helps support Laser Time, which is a topic which started out as a topic based show. We've done stuff about the Simpsons. It leaks into practically everything we do, which necessitated this whole show. Mm-hmm. There's thirty twenty ten in the weekly video game show about new video games and old video game apocalypse yes if you uh, like us remembering stuff on here you should listen to 30 where we remember stuff that we remember the shit out of stuff on that yeah it's like the news portion that i usually do uh mm-hmm. it's really fun to see what that week in history looks like and it usually will open up a window to your past because that's sort of how no one re- no not many people remember things by date you remember things by events in a recent episode i got to talk about robocop and end of evangelion in yeah. the same breath thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with a great episode itchy and scratchy land see you then infotainment.